Welcome to City Harbor Church, a safe place to find and follow Jesus. On uh, Sunday, June 10th, we are gathering in uh, a number of different homes in different neighborhoods in our city, uh, where we do small group, which we call life group, that we discussed last Sunday. And uh, each in each home, our small group leaders are helping us to pray through uh, the topic that I want to discuss this morning, um, and so uh, this recording is for the benefit of uh, anybody who might be uh, able to listen instead of gathering in the homes, but uh, myself, my wife, and others, we will be discussing this topic, um, and also then we'll be leading a prayer time, and so what I want to do is to just give you today, uh, which you will be seeing uh, if you're looking at the post on our website, cityharborchurch.com slash messages, you will see this recording for um, part nine of our series called Peace House. And today we're going to be talking about praying for others as a way that we can be an answer to this question. How can a home bring peace to a neighborhood? So let's start with focusing on what Jesus said recorded in John chapter 3 and verse 16. Jesus said, God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. This is an important uh, verse for us, a a bell ringer of a thought uh, and and a concept. And and Jesus is not um, speaking to people without the context of of some understanding. Uh, This would call back to Um, where Yahweh God revealed himself to be overflowing in compassion and mercy, slow to anger and forgiving, which we see in Exodus chapter 34 and verse 6. God's kindness is intended to turn us away from sin, our self-destructive habits, our mistakes, which we all have. God will give eternal life to those who turn away from their mistakes by faith in Jesus. And God will punish those who choose to live for themselves instead. Uh, We see that in Romans 2, verses 7 and 8. But God is aware of human behavior, good and bad. Um, As much as Yahweh revealed himself to be overflowing with supernatural forgiveness, he also predicted that he would punish the unrepentant. Um, Our personal salvation is a miracle where God's Spirit initiates faith in us And we respond by receiving God's love, relying on Jesus, and repenting of our selfish or self-reliant ways. This produces a change of heart in us. Our relationship with God becomes the priority that directs our relationship with others. Trying to follow the directives of God without a personal relationship with God will not produce life-giving results. So, This is why uh, we find good news in Jesus. This is why we would put on the shoes of peace. This is why I referred to in Ephesians chapter 6. This is why we would seek to be peacemakers, trying to uh, help people come to peace in Jesus and find peace in their relationships. This is a motivation for us. And 
that's why we should pray for others. And in particular today, I want to talk um, primarily about you by yourself or maybe with your family and friends in your homes, privately praying for the people that you know um, in your neighborhood, uh, first and foremost. And then, you know, from there, obviously people that you would see every day at, at school and at work and um, around um, the neighborhood and in different parts of the city that you go to on a regular basis. Praying for others is one of the most important parts of this life of following Jesus. It brings change on the inside of us. It helps change our perspective to a healthier way of seeing things and people and our relationships. It helps us to call God into action, which he wants. And uh, we see many examples of that. Um, it helps us engage the spiritual world and it helps us connect with the spiritual world and it helps us become better prepared to interact uh, with our neighbors. Well, think about this for a second. What do you see every week that will last forever? Not our homes, not our cars, not our clothing, not our, any of our possessions, not your cell phone. What, what do you see every week that will last forever? People. God loves us. God wants to hear from us. God gives us purpose. We are called to pray for others. Well, let us join with Jesus in praying for others according to God's will and desire that none should perish. Let us pray for people who do not yet know Jesus as our Savior. Let us pray for the peace of our neighbors and our neighborhood. Let us pray for their well-being and how we may be involved in bringing peace. Paul writes to Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them. Intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. In Luke 19, verses 40 through 41, it says, But as Jesus came closer to Jerusalem and saw the city ahead, he began to weep. He said, he prayed, How I wish today that you of all people would understand the way to peace. You did not accept your opportunity for salvation. This is Jesus with a broken heart. Paul writes to Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3-4, through four, This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. Paul, through much learning and through interaction with Jesus and God the Holy Spirit, Paul knew that God was desiring that everybody would come to salvation, would receive his love and repent, would understand the truth. Colossians chapter 4 verse 2 says this, Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. This is a really important passage because it means that we should be aware of what's going on in our life and in the lives of others. We should see what's going on in our home and in our neighborhood. We should be aware of the good and the bad like God is. And we should devote ourselves to pray to call God to, to bring change, to pray for others, to pray for grace and mercy for others. And we should include in our prayer a thankful heart. Writing up a gratitude list, praying through a gratitude list, is a great way to engage in prayer where you might otherwise be overwhelmed by the problems. 
by thanking God for what you can, for what is good, for what is true, you can devote yourselves to prayer. Prayer for what you see in your own life, but more importantly, prayer for others. Ephesians 6.18 says this, Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Now we just, uh, a couple of weeks ago, handed out a Bible study about um, interaction with the Holy Spirit, who the Holy Spirit is, how the Holy Spirit functions, how the Holy Spirit speaks, how we hear the Holy Spirit, how we can operate gifts in the Spirit, and more explanation about what this would mean in praying in the Spirit at all times. I recommend that you get that. But the lesson from this passage is that we should be devoted to prayer. We should be praying all the time, not just once a day, but on a regular basis, on every occasion, about every kind of thing. And that we should be alert and persistent. We should, our prayer should be, um, to God, who is above and beyond all that we have ever seen, and also alert to the good and the bad of what's going on in our world. It should be based on God's power, but also grounded in our reality, connecting those two things, and that it's not going to be easy. And so it's very important for us to be persistent. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 says this, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He's done. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. That's 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 16 through 18. This idea of praying, of talking to God for others, on behalf of others, about others, it's a God idea. And what's great about that is it means that God is going to help us. So I'd like to walk you through the various prayer topics that we are going to be praying together in our different groups today. So one of the categories is we want to pray for people who do not yet know Jesus as Savior. So first, we should pray that God would help us to be aware of His heart toward them, that they may see and hear spiritual truth. God, help us feel your heart towards them. This is really important. You may have heard the story of Jonah. It it can be looked up and, and read very easily. See, Jonah knew that God is prone to mercy and forgiveness. When God chose to forgive the repentant people of the city to whom Jonah had predicted God's punishment, Jonah was enraged. Jonah cared more about his own reputation than he did about other people or God's reputation among those people. This is one of many stories showing God calling leaders into alignment with his grace and his mercy. One of many stories that God asked Jonah, is it right for you to be angry that I didn't punish them after they turned and repented? God says, is it right for you to be angry? We need to ask God to help us be aware of his heart toward other people. 
human nature is going to draw us in to having an indifference to or an, a disdain towards or an anger or bitterness against people that we see on a regular basis. Maybe people that don't look like us, sound like us, act like us. It's not right. We got to repent of that, walk away from that. We need to, and that happens by asking God to help you be aware of his heart towards others. And then asking that God would help them to see and hear spiritual truth. Second uh, topic in praying for pre-Christians or people that do not yet know Jesus. Second topic, may God draw them by his kindness into repentance and faith. We see that God's kindness is intended to turn us away from sin, our self-destructive habits, our mistakes. We see that in Romans chapter 2 and verse 4. That's God's purpose for his kindness. So this is a prayer request we can make that we know God will be faithful to answer. May God draw them, these people that are not yet believers in Jesus, by his kindness into repentance and faith, into a place of relying on Jesus for salvation. And we should ask God what he would want us to do for the people who do not yet know Jesus. So here's four points of prayer uh, for us today in praying for our neighbors with some action. So first of all, write out the names of people in your neighborhood and what you are thankful for about each of them. Now, listen, just jumping into prayer mindlessly is not what the Bible talks about. In fact, we've just heard the verses that we should be alert. We should be, we should engage our brain and be alert and be observing and pray based on who God is, God's power, but also with direct connection to what we are observing. That's important. So write out the names of people in your neighborhood and what you're thankful for about them. I've got neighbors that I'm, I'm thankful that they've got a sense of humor. I'm thankful that there's variety, that there's some that are pilots that go around the world. There's some that are poor, that are hurting, and yet are friendly. Um, I'm thankful that they're friendly and they're talkative and there's some that are sports fans. And, you know, for me, I'm, you know, I'm thankful for that. We can, you know, talk about the things they're interested in, even if it's a team or sport that's not my favorite thing. It's, it's fun. I'm, I'm thankful for neighbors that are dog owners and we get to, you know, walk our dogs and introduce our dogs to each other. So even find simple things. Well, write out the names of people in your neighborhood that you know and what you're thankful for about each of them. Find something. Think about it. What is it that you can be thankful for about them? What can you affirm? What can you like? I've got a neighbor who worked really hard to help improve a little teeny green space and make it a better as a playground um, for toddlers. And now we have more toddlers in the neighborhood. And this this guy, this neighbor, Steve, I mean, he worked hard uh, to make that a reality. And, and I'm thankful for that. And it has made it easier for me in a natural way to just appreciate him, hang out with him, compliment him, that sort of thing. So that'd be the first step in praying for our neighbors. We've got to do that first. And then second, thank God for them. Thank God for those things that you're thankful for about them. Thank God for them by name and thank God for placing them in your life. This is very important. That will, it will help again. This is going to help change your perspective and this is going to help you call God into action for their lives. And third, list what prayer topics you might think of or maybe that they have shared with you 
for each person. So the more you start to engage in relationship in the various steps that we've already covered in the last eight weeks of this sermon series, the more that you've engaged in relationship, the more you're going to be naturally hearing about things that could be better in their lives, things that they wish were better, things that they're going through. Maybe it's a a health challenge, maybe it's a job challenge or, 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 or a family relationship challenge, list out the prayer topics that you know for each person and then bring that list to God and ask God for change. This is very, very helpful. Maybe one of the most important steps of everything we've talked about on the whole sermon series. Bring that list of prayer requests to God and ask God for change. Number four, ask God to bring each neighbor into his peace. Ask God to bring each neighbor into full health in their spirits, in their relationship with Him. Ask God to bring full health and peace in their marriages, in their family relationships, and in their finances. This is something that's important. When Jesus was asked the question, what's the most important thing in all of the scriptures... His reply in Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 to 40 is, Love God with all you've got, and love your neighbors in the same way you take care of yourself. Jesus prayed for other people. Jesus even prayed for anyone of all time in the future that would believe in Him and receive salvation. Jesus is seen as praying, talking to God now, on our behalf. We are not praying based on fantasy. We are not praying based on some wacky, weird, useless, or pointless exercise. But we are instead agreeing with God, bringing to Him requests that we know He will answer, bringing ourselves into alignment with the heart of God when we will do this. Ask God to bring each of your neighbors into his peace, into this shalom or erene that we have been discussing, where they would not have deficiency in their lives, but they would be fully healthy. So, here are um, five prayer topics that we could also be praying for, for our neighborhoods. And these are just topics more than steps. So, prayer for our neighborhood. First, may God help you Bring peace into your neighborhood from your home. A specific prayer, and again, based on the things that we've been talking about about the last several weeks, it's going to seem overwhelming, it could seem uh, impossible, and God wants us to ask for help. God is not wanting to us to get involved in stuff that is impossible and frustrating and going to be defeated and never going to go anywhere. No, God wants us to be involved in things that are fulfilling. Jesus said, I came to give you life and that to the full. So we should ask God for help. Ask God to help you bring peace into your neighborhood from your home. Second, may God fill each home with someone receptive to peace. Ask God to help bring into your house somebody who is receptive to this peace, who will respond to the peace that's available in Jesus and the the various things that you're going to do naturally in hospitality and bringing them in and feeding them and just being a friend to them and just listening to them and spending time with them and getting to know them and finding things that you can affirm about them, finding things that you can value and enjoy and celebrate about them and their lives. Ask God to fill each home with someone receptive to peace. 
That could also mean asking God to, maybe you have, uh, as, as many of us do, have some homes on our block that are vacant. Ask God to fill that home with someone who's receptive to his peace. Great idea. Third, may God lead the decision makers to improve all aspects of the neighborhood and the schools. This is very important. There are various decision makers on city level, on neighborhood level, on state level, on federal level. There are people um, in um, banks, there are people in community organizations, there are people on various levels that make decisions that affect the health of our neighborhoods and our schools. It's my belief that we, as Jesus followers, should be asking God for positive change that's in alignment with his will, praying, Daddy God who is in heaven, I praise your name, would your kingdom of righteousness, peace, and joy come in our neighborhood? Would your will be done in our neighborhood and in the schools? The schools are such essential, important, valuable places. Jesus valued children. God values every child. Let us pray that God will help the decision makers to improve all aspects of the neighborhoods and schools. Fourth, may God help us restore broken relationships between neighbors and organizations. Now, we could talk about this for an hour easily, but a lot of you already know what we would be talking about this, whether it be uh, the police department or a hospital or an insurance company or a community organization or a nonprofit or a school and various ways for various people, they can come into having a severed or a broken or an unhealthy relationship between themselves and these organizations. And that can lead to more pain, uh, more abuse, more difficulty, more financial struggle than is necessary. And so I think it's important for us to think big, think beyond what we are able to do, but also to think specifically and to pray with details. May God bring healing and change in those relationships. Fifth, may God continue his redemptive work for every person who is lonely, hurt, and in need. Come on, don't get overwhelmed by being sad about what somebody is going through. But instead, think about God who knows everything and is all-powerful, who is limitless, who is infinite, who is overflowing with love and mercy, and pray that God into the life of each person. Pray that God would continue his redemptive work for each person who is lonely, who is hurt, and in need. Ask God to step in, to be involved. So hopefully um, you have found it to be helpful to pray with other people, not just by yourself. Hopefully you've taken strength from this. Um, I know that for me, myself, it is very helpful when I pray with other people and it helps strengthen my own prayer life, helps make it easier for me to pray privately by myself in my own time for people. Listen, your perspective is going to change. You're going to feel better. You're going to feel stronger and you're going to feel more connected with the will of God when you do this. Let me pray as we close. God, I thank you so very much that you have not left us alone but you've given us great strength. 
And I ask that you would help us to see what you want us to see, to see people the way that you want us to see them. Let us be filled with faith and be given your creativity, your will, your plans, your direction for what actions we should take as next steps. I thank you for it, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. We'll close with this explanation and paragraph that we have that we're using here in this series. How can a home bring peace to a neighborhood? Well, there is a peace, a healthy state that we can find in Jesus. We can be safe and sound, able to rest and function at full capacity, complete with our guilt removed and free to enjoy life. Our God wants us to receive it and share it with others. We should understand this, pray for it, and work towards such a peace in ourselves, in our homes, in our neighborhoods, and in our city. In this way, we will pursue peaceful relationships inside our homes through forgiveness. Jesus motivates us to love neighbors by listening to them in an attempt to understand them and build relationships. This listening works best when we host people with food and offer to help them in what they're doing. From this context, we may create new personal relationships and repair broken ones. We will work toward natural peace and we will bring the spiritual peace of our God. Our homes will be a gathering place for our church family to grow. We will pray for our neighbors and our neighborhood. Our homes will bring peace to the neighborhood. I pray that this is blessed you today. Grace and peace to you. Have a great week.